Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, and Cindy is off this week, as I was just mentioning to our, our guest this morning. Uh, she is off, as I think you may recall, if you tuned in last week, she's off in Orlando uh, her and her husband, Alan, of course, are both uh, golf professionals, and they're doing one of their annual boot camps down at Orange County National. And we'll get a, an update from her next week when she comes back on the program. Uh, but I'm batching it, as they say, this week on the show, so it's just just me. So please uh, stay tuned in. Don't tune, tune us out. Uh, I'll do a good job, I promise. All right, we've got a great special guest joining me here in just a moment. And then a little bit later on, uh, after she uh, parts, uh, I'm going to be helping you get ready for the 2022 golf season uh, by going through your uh, check for your spring check, uh, spring swing checklist. So we're going to go through some things that you need to really look into before you get ready to go out, especially for some of you up in the northeast and northwest that you're still maybe doing a little shoveling and you're not quite ready to, to hit the links yet. I'm going to help you get ready for the season. So we'll do that a little bit later on the show. Uh, but first, I'm going to be joined by my very special guest. Uh, her name is Becca Huffer. She is uh, an LBJ uh, and Epson Tour player. Uh, she began playing the game at uh, age six, and some of her hobbies include uh, watching movies, uh, reading, listening to music, photography, and drawing. We'll talk to her a little bit about that. Uh, some of her career highlights, uh, back in 2019, she uh, played in 15 events, uh, made just one cut, uh, but in 2018, she uh, uh, did a little bit better and uh, had a number of uh, top 10 finishes, and including a season-best uh, runner-up uh, result at the Prasco Charity uh, Championship. Uh, she has also graduated from Notre Dame in 2012 with a degree in industrial design, and she was a four-time All-Big East team selection and team captain, and back in 2013, she was the winner of the Colorado Women's Open. So please welcome my very special guest this morning, Becca Huffer. Good morning, Becca. Good morning. All right, well, I appreciate you you coming on and and uh, spending some time with me and, and helping to uh, fill up the next uh, little bit uh, here on the Women of Golf. We always enjoy having some of the uh, tour players come on and, and give us an idea of uh, where they're at and what their aspirations are going to be for the uh, upcoming season. So uh, I know you've played um, probably in a few events already. They've uh, On the Epson Tour, they've gotten started here just a few weeks ago. And uh, you ladies just actually finished an event, uh, the uh, Casino del Sol Golf Classic, which was held out in Tucson, Arizona, uh, from March 31st to April 3rd. And uh, you finished actually tied 14, which is pretty good. I mean, it's not uh, not what I'm sure you wanted, uh, but it's still a great result. 
But I want to talk to you. I want you first to give us an idea overall how you feel you played, and then I'm going to specifically I want to dial into the, to your final round, the fourth round. Give us a, a, some thoughts on how you feel you played overall through the event. Uh, you know, overall, for especially this early in the season for me, um, I felt that my uh, game was really doing pretty well last week, um, hitting the ball really well, giving myself lots of free chances, which is really important, especially last week. You probably saw the scores, mm-hmm. lots of uh, low scores out there. So I was pleased about that. Um, you know, there's always something to improve, <laughs> and uh, I've been working on um, especially my putting and just kind of figuring out a few things there. But uh, overall, just this year I've been trying to just stay really positive and optimistic about kind of golf and when I'm out there just having a lot of fun. And uh, the positive is the first couple of rounds I got to play with a couple of girls that I'm good friends with. So we just we're having a good time and uh it was nice to be in contention coming after the going into the final round so being within i think it was like four or five strokes so uh that was that was really good at this time of year for me so i was pleased with that do you becca are you a player cuz some i mean can come right out from the gate and they're just all fired up and ready to go and some kind of ease into the season a little bit more are you more of the latter like you need a few tournaments under your belt so to speak to to kind of get into your groove um before you really start to uh, uh post some some high uh, or some excuse me some low numbers yeah um i'd say most of the time like i take off quite a bit of time during the winter and this year i did the same so uh, even just my start, we started about a month ago down in Florida, and you know, just right. getting some of the little bit of winter rust off. And usually, for me, you know, I get my stronger events in the middle of the summer, so it's uh, nice to be where I'm at right now. Yeah, and I think you know, it, it, a lot of people don't realize. Obviously, for those that don't play professional golf, I mean, you know, a lot of the weekend hackers go out there and they might play once a week. Some of them might only play once or twice a month, and they don't appreciate, you know, that you have to have, I want to specifically talk about what you said a few minutes ago, and that is you took a lot of time off this winter. Um, You really need to have that time off to decompress, because you have a pretty hardy season um, when you're playing professional golf, you're playing a lot of tournaments, obviously, uh, you want to get out there and, and, uh, you know, keep your status and so on and so forth, Uh, but when the winter months come in, um, you just want to kind of lay low and you know, for lack of better terms, kind of veg a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, everyone's a little different. Uh, some mm-hmm. take less time off than others. I I have the good excuses that I, I still live in Colorado, so we get some snow. And right. <laughs> so I can, I can uh, avoid the golf course if I need to, which sometimes it is, just need to com- decompress. And like I did... Uh, the final stage of Q series last winter, and it just kind of just needed a break after December. So I actually didn't step foot on a course until the first event. Um, I did some like putting in my basement and hitting sure. the, a net at home, but I just kind of decided this year that's how I kind of wanted to go about it. Just you know, just relax about it and uh, trust my game going out. So. You know, every year you learn something new, and I've been doing it long enough. I kind of know it works for me because when I started, it's like you get a little worried about taking so much time off in the winter that you, you know, you're like, oh, I should be playing every day. But 
uh, you know, you get you get what works for you. And I've never I've never been one. I never grew up playing all year long, um, so it hasn't been too hard for me to do that. <laughs> Well, and and you're you're exactly right. You know, I mean, obviously everybody's different, but you know, from talking with some of the other girls that have um, you know played, uh, you know, on the Epson and and uh, of course also on the LPGA as well, um, you've got to have that downtime uh, because what a lot of them do. You're exactly right. The point you just made, um, especially when you're new uh, out on tour. There's this sort of preconceived thing, I've got to get out there, I've got to play every single event, I've got to be practicing all the time. And what I've noticed with just talking with some of them over the years is that there comes a point where they start to feel a burnout and they're not enjoying it as much anymore. And we've had a number, surprisingly enough, a number of young ladies on the show uh, over the years that have actually come right out and said, you know what, um, I was pretty, you know, this close to, to just you know, putting my clubs aside and doing something else because they were just playing so much golf and they weren't really having fun. And, you know, you indicated that as well. Like you said, you know what, I, I, I want to come out here and I want to have fun. I mean, it is a profession for you. Obviously, it's, it's your job. Uh, but at the same time, you, you have to have fun at it. Otherwise, it just gets to a point where you don't enjoy it anymore, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, I mean, exactly what you said is that, when you get to the point of where you're not enjoying going to the golf course or going to tournaments, you kind of get. And I think I've got, I've done that before, and I, I knew I had to take mm-hmm. some time off. And that was kind of actually one of my very first years playing. I, you know, in the middle of the summer, I was like, I just need to go home, take a little time off, kind of re- reevaluate things. And it's, yeah, it's important to be in the right mindset, especially when you're on the road for so many weeks and. Yeah, you're you're around a lot of people, but you are just it's it's just you uh, who really cares about what you're doing when you're when you're by yourself there. So uh, it's important to have a good mindset and try and have fun and enjoy your time there. But I, I know exactly what you're saying with uh, you know spending too much time worrying about it. That was my rookie year on LPGA in 2019. I kind of mm-hmm. did that where it's you're you know okay I need to get this many practice rounds in because everyone else has seen this course before. So I better, I better do as much as I can. Cause if I don't, you know, maybe that's why I didn't play good. So, you know, looking back, I, I was, you know, making everything way too stressful for myself that year to succeed. So, you know, unfortunately you learn those lessons <laughs> after, after right. the fact sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's, I think that's for me for this year is just, just enjoying it and you know enjoying the you know the practice rounds with people and meeting people at the pro ams and just kind of looking at it that way so so far so far it's been a it's a good four four week start so I'll try and keep it going well and that's always uh, a good attitude to have and you know i think that What's been nice this year, too, is Epson, of course, has come in as the new title sponsor, and they've made some some very um, interesting adjustments to uh, this tour. Uh, number one, they've increased the, the purse values uh, right across the board, but they've also decreased the entry fee, so it helps you guys a little bit more because, you know what, it, it gets pretty pricey out there, you know, week in, week out, you're playing a lot of events, and the expenses add up real quick, 
And so it's nice that they're coming in and doing some things to really help uh, bolster this tour. And I think it's going to be um, something that I know just from the girls that we've talked to so far this season, um, they're really excited about some of the new changes that are happening, um, and as I'm sure you are. So let me ask you, let's, let's talk about round four, because I noticed some things obviously jumped out at me. Um, you were coming into round four, 11 under, um, and you parred the first four holes uh, in, that, uh, in that round, and then you hit your first bogey on five, but then followed immediately with a birdie, uh, a par, and then uh, you know a few more birdies to put you actually at 14 under, which would have, if finished the tournament at that point, you would have been actually tied for six. Um, but then I, I really want to focus, and I know you're, you know where I'm going with this, is yep. 16, 17, 18, you had back-to-back-to-back to back to back bogeys. What do you think, were you tired at that point? You know, it was, it's been a long event. Was it the heat? Was, what do you think played into that? I mean, obviously you had some, some great holes. You know, you always expect you're going to um, get a bogey here and there. Um, but to finish out like that, to me, and maybe I'm wrong, it would indicate to me that you were feeling tired at that point and was maybe having difficulty staying focused on those last uh, closing out holes. What are your thoughts here, and what do you think attributed to that? Um, you know, I don't know if I was tired or just, yeah, obviously it wasn't a strong finish, but uh, going into that, I think it was just a couple unfortunate uh, swings. Mm-hmm. Like um, on the 16th one, kind of just pushed my pushed my drive on that <coughs> shot a little bit too much, so then I ended up in a bush in the desert. <laughs> and uh no. So just didn't quite get that one up and down, even just whipped out the putt for par to save it. Mm-hmm. Um, the next hole, uh, it was actually, <laughs> it kind of was one where it goes into my kind of a little bit of putting anxiety and nerves, I guess, kind of just added up. So um, I unfortunately three-putted from pretty close. But I know mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's, where I'm at with with my it's always been kind of my problem with my putting is uh you know relaxing over it and just letting letting the club do a job instead of trying to help it so I know at that point I kind of knew where I was at the tournament and the kind of nerves and just you know stress kind of got in my way there and um you know the funny part about the last hole was uh it was pretty calm day in terms of wind out there and it just started gusting as probably like 20 mile an hour gusts coming down so after our drives like all all three of us in our group were uh kind of bamboozled (laughs) hitting shots into it one of the girls (laughs) flew the green went into the water um next one like went short into the sand and i did that too because you're thinking you don't want to go over into the water so it kind of just added up, you know, a little bit of bad luck here and there. Um, you know, it's always going to be a little bit of mental stuff when you're in that position, of course. Uh, you know, knowing that it's like, okay, I know I'm in a good place and I just need to finish strong. And looking at it, that's, you know, it's like, obviously I wasn't pleased with how I finished. <laughs> but that's where right. I've tried to, over the years, kind of, okay, look at it think about okay what happened you know what could I have done differently and then just kind of move past it because 
it's one where if I look, I made some really, really great par saves earlier in the round, and the way I look at it is those could have easily been bogeys as well. So, uh, you know, just one where it's like sometimes it happens and improve on it for the next time. Yeah, and, and I think it's important, and, you know, this is something, uh, and you're exactly right. I think, you know, obviously when you're playing at the level that, that you know, you girls are playing at, you know, nerves are going to always creep in, especially in a final round, and you know that you're, you know, you're close to the top, and, uh, you know, a putt can slip here and there. And, and uh, again, if you're playing in pretty calm conditions, then suddenly, you know, a 20-mile or, or plus gust of wind starts whipping up, it can throw you off your rhythm. Uh, because you're not mm-hmm. anticipating that. Um, and so then, you know, it comes into a little bit more thought process. Okay, now I've got to figure out club selection a little bit more. You know, normally, you know, if you're 150 yards out and you know, okay, this is going to be, for argument's sake, this is my 7-iron or this is my 8-iron or whatever, um, you know, you're pretty confident. And now all of a sudden you throw a 20-mile-an-hour win in there, you got to think, well, do I maybe ease up with a 5 or a 6-iron to make sure I get the distance? But, oh, i got water on the back uh, you know, over the back of the green. So then there's a lot of different factors that start coming in um, when conditions change. And as you said, it kind of stymied your whole group a little bit. Um, so it wasn't just you. So uh, I, the reason why I asked you if, if maybe it was, um, you know, tired or what have you is I know, you know, obviously out in the desert it can get a little hot and even early in the season. And, you know, after playing, you know, uh, four rounds, you're getting near the end and all of a sudden, you know, the heat just kind of gets to you a little bit. You're tired. It's been a long tournament, and uh, sometimes that can be a factor. What do you think, Becca, are your um, overall are your strengths and weaknesses of your game? I know you've referred to your putting a number of times, so that's obviously an area that that you struggle with from time to time. But what overall, what do you think are your strengths of your game, um, and, and what are some of the other weaknesses that from time to time you, you get stymied with? Um, yeah, like you said, I've I've – had my my fun with my putter over the years, uh, but my strengths I think are definitely uh, my wedge game um, from like hundred and in and chipping is definitely my my strength. Like during that final round, I had a couple times I had to chip out and I saved par from like eighty yards and sixty yards by hitting it to about a foot and a half. So. You know, having that where I I know I can trust that is like I'm I've got a very good chance to get a par as long as I play it, you know, play it smart and do the right thing on this shot instead of going for it, especially on that course last week. Uh, I think that's something kind of course management I've improved upon and also knowing when to go for a shot or not. I, uh, my favorite shot of the late week was I was in a bush during the second round. I hit, I didn't hit a good drive and I was in a bush across a creek and I was sitting about two mm. feet above the ground. And I'm like, okay, I got that. I can hit it. There was nothing in the way. I'm like, let's just do it. You know, choke down and kind of did the same thing, hit it out and got it up and down for par. And, you know, everyone just like, well, that was a ridiculous par. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I I enjoy that part, um, kind of being creative with the game as well, Uh, just kind of seeing what I can do, um, shaping shots. Mm And and I think that's one um, where the weakness comes in with putting is just you know trusting trusting short putts and letting go and just letting it do its thing. And I've done a done a lot of it over the years, and you know just 
trying to not let that affect the whole time, you know, like kind of if I do miss a short putt, move, trying to move past it so it doesn't fester because I know that's like kind of the, the worst thing I can have happen because if I'm hitting wedge shots close, I'm going to give myself birdie opportunities and just kind of right. go from there, you know, and I, it's a, it's a process. Well, and, and you know, what's, what's great. And I, for you amateurs that are tuning into the show this morning, this is something you really want to focus in on is you're obviously very proficient in your short game. As you mentioned, you're, um, you're able to create, um, shots from difficult situations and obviously with success, and that's extremely important. That's where a lot of amateurs struggle is they can hit the ball pretty decent off the tee, and you know a lot of times they can get to the green uh, or they might fall a little bit short, but then those little uh, shots, those delicate shots that they need around the green is where they really struggle with because they don't seem to have that touch. And it sounds like you're, um, you know, you've mastered that uh, fairly well over your career, uh, but then once you're on the green, that putter sort of anxiety comes in. Do you think that, and I'm going to sort of tap into the, the, to the mind game here for a second, because you, you've mentioned a couple times now that that has sort of been a, a bit of your Achilles heel over multiple seasons. Do you think that that has played in the back, that loop has played in the back of your mind season in, season out, that, you know what, my putting's been kind of sketchy uh, over the years, is that something that coming into tournaments that maybe without even realizing it, that you're bringing that sort of baggage with you to the golf course about your putting? Oh, yeah, I'm sure I am. <laughs> That's one of, <laughs> you know, I try and move move I'm, past I'm, that and think of, the you know, ones that I've made that are good, you know, like, okay, making the mm. seven-footer and a playoff to win a tournament or... Um, last fall, moving on to final stage at Q School, I made a um, yeah seven foot big breaker to uh, make it. So it's one where it's like, okay, I kind of you, know, you try to remember. It's like I can do these in stressful situations, and you know, try and keep that in the forefront. But it, that's the hardest part, and I think everyone knows about golf is just the right. You spend X amount of time, like such a small amount of time, actually hitting the ball the rest of the time you're thinking about it. So, uh, right, you know, exactly. I've, I've read, you know, done a lot of reading and just all of that kind of stuff and try and incorporate what I think might help me and even just kind of switching up how I putt and think about it. So, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely probably the biggest challenge, and it's one where, like you mentioned, the short game is that it's like, okay, I don't have those problems, you know, it's like I, I'm very confident with it, and I trust it, and I, you know, hopefully I can get to that with my putting someday. <laughs> right, exactly, and, and you will, and I, I think it's a matter of, you know, a very good friend of mine who's a, a PGA uh, teacher professional has been for well over 30 years, and, you know, he really focuses in on the short game, and particularly putting. And he said one of the things he tries to get his students to do is to sort of set a benchmark. So when he goes to a course, especially if he hasn't played, is rather than just trying to sink putts or, you know, hitting from three feet away, is what he'll do is in order to feel the, the speed of the greens at that particular uh, venue is he'll um, benchmark it. So what he'll do as an example is he'll find a fairly flat area on a green, uh, on the practice green, and what he'll do is he'll, you know, take the putter back to, say, his back foot, and then stroke it through uh, 
and find out, okay, how far is that going? Is it going 10 feet, 15 feet, whatever it is? And he'll hit about four or five punts, and he'll sort of find the average in there, and then he'll take it a little bit further back. So what he's basically doing is trying to find the distance that his stroke is getting at certain, uh, as he says, benchmarks, if you will, within his putting stroke. Do you ever do anything like that um, to sort of gauge the speed before you actually try to sink them into the hole? Because I see a lot of, and the reason I ask that is I see a lot of amateurs when they're going in, they'll just you know drop a few balls three feet away and then they'll back up to five feet, which is certainly a good practice. But do you try to benchmark the speed of the greens when you first get to, a, especially if you've never played the golf course before, um, to kind of get an idea of how the greens are, are going to react? Do you ever do anything similar to that? Um, not in that like way, but I definitely during like first practice rounds do a lot of uh, mm. distance putting kind of around on the green. So instead of focusing on mm. the short ones, I'm just kind of putting around, seeing how they're rolling because it is right. one where every course is different, and you know some are gonna mm-hmm. roll just kind of roll out more than others, or they're just wetter or drier, and so they're gonna roll roll out. Um, I'm a lot more of like a field distance putter, so I've never really done like where I'm looking at a distance going back, but I do think that's like a great idea for amateurs, and I was talking to mm-hmm. a friend I was staying with, and she was asking about that. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, you can kind of sit on a green, make sure it's like, okay, this is a 20-footer, you know, set up your stuff mm-hmm. and put to it and like, you know, really get that, and I've done I've done those kind of drills as well where, you know, you're going back like 15, 20, 25 feet and making sure you're rolling it past, you know, a foot and a half, which I think is a, right. is a good drill to get distance control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's yeah, it's, it's in a, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say, you know, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that as well, um, this past December, you mentioned about the Q series, um, which of course they had um, down in Alabama. They had it uh, the Robert Trent Jones. Uh, the final segment of it was at the uh, Highlands in Dothan, Alabama, and um, I'm not far from there, so I actually um, came up and, and watched the the four uh, four day event. And it was interesting. You know, every morning I would go to the practice area and watch. Um, a lot of the young ladies pull out all of the different um, uh, equipment and things that they would use to work on their putts or their swings and things like that. So it's interesting because, you know, we get caught up, you know, a lot of amateurs out there get caught up on all of the um, mechanics and and uh, devices, if you will, and don't realize that a lot of pros use training aids as well. Do you have training aids that you use? Uh, you know, for putting, I do a lot of kind of drills. Um, so I, I do the one where it's, you know, you can set up a little, the gate, I think it's like the tiger, the tiger drill. Um, right. I also use, you know, everyone, lots of people do just the uh, chalk lines and, you know, you can kind of wander around and find them <laughs> on the putting green because right. so many people do it. So, you know, you work on your shot right. there because... I've got a, a straight back, straight through stroke. So a lot of people do mm-hmm. that. Um, a lot, I know, yeah, like you said, there are a ton. And I've seen mirrors. I've tried to run mirrors before. Um, yeah, there's a there's like a mat that some people use for, for an arc. And it's definitely, it's not uncommon to see that. And even on the, on the driving range as well, there's, you know, there's, drills and some training aids that a lot of people use and it's just helpful because it gives you immediate feedback which is right 
something that I think it's like, yeah, everyone's always trying to improve, even even the best pros. So I've done, oh, the one I've used a lot is actually a putting stick and a, or, or a ruler. Um, on the putting right. green, so it's like if you mm-hmm. if you if you don't do a good sh- uh, putt on it, it'll roll off the roll uh, the ruler, and you know mm-hmm. that it wasn't a good roll. So I've used that. So uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean there were there was some um, I don't recall the young lady's name, but uh, I mean it was like a sci-fi movie. She had so many things that she was hooked up to on the putting green. <laughs> And it was kind of interesting, and I thought, wow, I've never even seen that before. And, you know, I, I didn't want to approach anybody and get them out of their, their flow or anything and, and, and say, well, you know, what's that you're using, you know? Um, but mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of interesting. But, um, it, it, you know, they were all very methodical about their approach to, um, um, you know, their practice regime. And what was interesting, too, which a lot of amateurs could take away from this is, and I'm not saying that every one of them did this, but many of them did this, is, is after their round, they would head back up to the practice area and continue on that process. So it's like, okay, this is what happened while I was out there today, and uh, I know I need to work on whether it was putting or what have you, or maybe my approach shots weren't good, so they're pulling out their wedges and they're up on the range hitting a few wedge shots uh, just to kind of get those those kinks and bugs out. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? I want to ask you, because I mentioned about uh, you graduating from Notre Dame and, and so forth, and you were part of the, uh, the All Big East team, and you were actually uh, uh, team captain at one point. Um, what do you think, what was your takeaway from that experience? Um, not so much from the, obviously it was a, a good education, but um, being part of the golf team and being at one point being the team captain, what was your takeaway? What did you learn from, from that experience? And then I also want to throw in your win at the Colorado Women's Open back in 2013. From those two experiences, from your experience at Notre Dame and obviously the win at the uh, the Colorado Women's Open, what was your, what can you draw from both of those experiences that has helped you present day? Uh, you know, I think for for Notre Dame and playing on a team, I think the the biggest thing is when I was a senior and team captain, we had a really small team. There was only five of us on it. So mm-hmm. I remember I was always trying to, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with younger um teammates and I kind of tried to take the role of like let's stay positive about everything after a round and I think that was a a big kind of turning point in even mine and that I kind of try and uh, use today is that you know stay positive after rounds that aren't good and go from there and you know it's great to have those connections and because golf is such a uh, individual sport, so that whole mm-hmm. right. um, teammate teammate kind of thing was just so cool. You know, looking back, where you're like, you know, everyone, you're always. I'm one where I'm like, I'll, I'll root for anybody on the course. You know, if you have a great shot, I'm going to say you have a great shot. Sure. Uh, but it's a little sure. different when when you're actually like, oh no, your score counts for us. So you're like, okay, now what can I do to help this other person? Um, so then. The interesting one, I've actually I've won the Colorado Open twice. I won it back in 2019 as mm-hmm. well as 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting because both of those I, I joked about with uh, the Colorado Open people is that I was I came from behind, I think, by five strokes both times. Ended up winning in hmm. a playoff. <laughs> like, it was a weird wow. mirror because I was in uh, six years later. And it was... 
that one was one where it's like it's always great to win tournaments and know you can do that. Uh, so mm-hmm. having that confidence going forward and, you know, in mine as, you know, there's a lot of great players playing in those. It's a great state open and it's one they even, they made it even better for this year because they matched the men's purse, which I just thought I'd mention. It's really, it's really great uh, thing right. they're doing. So uh, it's one where, the, all those experiences, even going back from college, just trying to build upon every time you know I'm out on the golf course, and it's like, okay, be, okay, be positive. You be positive to your teammate. Why aren't you being positive to yourself? You know that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of perseverance, because that's the one where it's like, a, in 13, I was hurt going, and it was right after uh, I didn't go through Q school. And it was right. one where I was like, okay, it was at that point where I'm like, am I just going to, I'm so done with golf, but I'll go play. This is the week after. <laughs> and then I end up winning and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm good. I should keep playing. So it was kind of one of those things. And even <laughs> the last time in 2019 was during my uh, rookie LPGA season. And it was kind of one where I'm like, this isn't going well. So then you have where I'm like, oh, no, I, I played well, I won a tournament. So it's that same kind of thing where it's like, okay, I can mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, and, and, and again, you're, you're right. Um, again, you, you know, you've mentioned it several times. It's, it's all about the mindset. You know, uh, you, you wouldn't be where you were or where you are, rather, if you weren't able to hit the ball well and, and able to even putt well. Uh, you, you get to the level that you're at because you are a good player, it comes down to what go what you're saying to yourself, or you know, and and you you really put it eloquently because you know you're you've got to be able to be your 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 own cheerleader, you know, you're able to do that for other players now, but you got to remember to do that for yourself, uh, and that's not to sound conceited, but you have to be your own uh, because you're out there by yourself, um, you know, mm-hmm. week in week out playing with uh, you know, uh, you know, in some cases that you know they might be friends, but. When you're out there on the golf course, um, friendship kind of goes to the side a little bit because you're trying to beat that, you know, that person that you just had dinner with last night. Um, you know, so it's really becomes more of a mental game at that point because you know you can hit the ball well and you know you can recover well and and you're gonna, you know, your your putting percentage is is um, you know is sound as well and you might have some squeaky wheels here and there, but overall you know that you have a pretty solid game. So it really comes down to is how confident do you feel coming into that particular event. Um, do you have any sort of fitness or nutritional regimes that you, uh, some of the girls I know get really into, uh, try to squeeze a certain amount of fitness and try to eat as best they can? I mean, obviously they cheat a little bit here and there, um, sometimes grabbing a burger when they should be having something else. Um, do you partake in some sort of regular fitness routine, and do you try to, when you're on the road, do you cook a little bit more often, uh, or are you somebody that just says, no, I don't want to do anything else, I'm playing all day, I just want to go out and and grab a meal somewhere? You know, it depends on the week, (laughs) kind of like you said, like sometimes, Uh, you know, it's A little of both, maybe? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, Like, especially, it's it's really nice during uh, tournaments, if you're staying with, mm-hmm. a, like, a host family and they might be cooking for you. And to have, right. like, okay, this is just a nice home-cooked meal and uh, it's not, mm-hmm. yeah, fast food burgers or something. But, you know, sometimes that's the only option and you try and make it work. <laughs> um, I think, in general, <laughs> I've just always kind of had 
a relatively balanced kind of diet, just, you know, like, okay, I'm going to make sure I have fruits and vegetables and um, some protein. I have to I have to do protein every day. It's just I don't feel well if I don't, so that's, I guess, kind of mine. Um, but I do better with, like, fitness stuff before the season starts, and I've been trying to keep going on it. Um, besides, I've, I've actually, I've gotten into where I make sure I stretch it before every round, for sure. Right. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a huge one, especially now I'm not, you know, 10 years old anymore and can just roll out and <laughs> walk right to the first yeah, hear- and feel okay. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I hear, I hear you, I sister, let me tell you. I hear you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we kind of joke about it. It's like, oh, yeah, how do we do that in college? Um, but we uh, – so I think that's – I've been really trying to do that every every before every practice, every tournament round. Uh, for fitness, I kind of try and work on core and lower body mm-hmm. stuff. Um, same kind of stuff, though, trying to stay flexible, uh, which I think is important for golf. But it is. It's such a long season. It's kind of one where you need to try and keep efficient with, you know, fitness and just keep staying healthy. So try and keep that going. The beginning of the year is easier because you're just getting started. But come right. October yeah. is when it really kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I can see that. It's like anything. I mean, you, you know, when, you, when you're into a, a fresh new season – you know the the adrenaline's going. You're excited. You're a- anticipating. But when the, you know, as the season starts to wind down, you're like, yeah, I couldn't care less. And I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to relax. You know, I'm feel like a burger tonight. Or, you know, I'm going to skip that stretching or whatever. But you're right. I mean, flexibility is extremely important in our sport, uh, more so than anything else. You know, a lot of, you know, particularly men, I see getting out there and think, well, I got to bulk up and I got to, you know, if I want to drive that ball farther, and they then they're you know, lifting the weights and the next, you know, they're pulling muscles and that. And really, you know, exercising in preparation for golf is so much different than for other things. And, you know, I think sometimes just a good stretching routine um, would serve them better than hitting the gym and, you know, hitting the weights and things like that. And that's not to say some light weights aren't good, um, because I know a lot of the girls uh, on your tour and that do that. Uh, but I think most of them are kind of the same as you, is that, you know, they're working on their core, their lower bodies, they want to get that leg strength, and uh, particularly they want to make sure they're stretching themselves out so that, you know, they've got that flexibility when they need it. Um, so it's it's very interesting to hear the different perspectives. You know, as I said, each week we get uh, different players coming on. It's always interesting to, to hear their approach. Uh, my final question for you, uh, Becca, is um, about this year overall. What are – what um, what are your goals this year? Obviously, I'm sure at the top of your mind is you want to get a win out there this season. Um, but have you set some specific goals for this year, some smaller goals, and then maybe an overall goal for the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely want to get the win. I mean, obviously, the, and then the other obvious one is to finish in the top ten at the end of the year. I think mm-hmm. it's probably, you know, that's the that's the big one for Epson Tour. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. I think my other, you know, you go into, like, the smaller goals, you know, of every round, okay, you know, I don't want to make big numbers out on the course. Um, kind of improving that part of it. So I think my, my goals are, you know, I'd like to 
it's it's hard doing it because it's like I try not to be too um, just like numerical <laughs> about the goals because I found right. in the past it's like you don't know exactly what's going to happen about that. You know, it's like okay, yes, I want to make every cut, but if I can have it where it's like okay, no no three putts, no um, no big numbers, nothing you know, no doubles if I can help it, and you know just those kind of things where it's like if I can play smart and reduce those kind of things, the scores are going to be better. So, uh, like a scoring average under par, that's I, I definitely want that this year, um, and top tens. So it's a it's an amalgamation. <laughs> yeah, you have to be flexible, and, and I understand what you're saying. Is you know you can't be so regimented that say, well, I've got to make every cut, I've got to. You know, I want to do this, I want to do that. Uh, you know, those are, you know, there's a difference between um, idealistic and realistic. I mean, you know your game and you know that you're not necessarily uh, going to make every single cut. Um, obviously, you aspire to do that, but that, in reality, you might miss a few here and there. Um, but, yeah, I think you have to be realistic in your goals. You know yourself better than anybody else. So when you're setting the framework up for a new season, you're coming in and you're saying, okay, here's what I want to accomplish. And it's more of an accomplishment. This is what I would like to accomplish this year. You know, if I'm going to play in 15 tournaments, um, you know, I want to make as many cuts. You know, maybe it's more of a percentage. I want to, you know, at the very minimum, I want to make sure I I make at least 50%. Uh, Ideally, I'd like to get them all, but, you know, I'd be happy if I got 60 or 70% of the cuts made. And then obviously you're, you're... ultimate goal is you want to be in the top 10 uh, and in order to do that maybe a win or maybe even two wins is going to cinch that in for you uh, as you get closer uh, towards the end of the season if you've got those wins uh, under your belt and that's going to make that last goal um, much easier to accomplish Um, so you have to sort of find okay how do I get from point A to point B to point C and ultimately you know at the end so um, I think you've got a good a good formula, and I think again you know yourself very well. You've been out there uh, enough that um, you're able to uh, assess yourself, and I think it's just a matter of of getting it out there and and you know let's get it done. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> exactly. It's uh, like you said, it's just getting getting it done. <laughs> Well, Becca, I want to thank you very much for um, spending a little bit of time with me this morning. I, I appreciate you spending a little extra time. Uh, as well but uh, good luck so what are you uh, you're off this week I believe right yes yes off for the next two weeks next two weeks and then what's the next event you're going to be in uh, there's a U- event in Utah in Hurricane Utah and then uh, Garden City Kansas for those two so planning on both Perfect. of those mm-hmm. very good well, good luck in, in both, and uh, hope you get a win. And if you get a win, you can come back and, and join us. Uh, we always try to get the winners on here as well. And uh, I know I feel very confident that you're going to have a W uh, before this season, maybe even two Ws, maybe more uh, before the oh, season ends. You. But, Becca, thank you for it. Yeah, I'm rooting for you. So um, good luck the rest of the season. Um, just main thing is go out and have fun. Yeah, exactly. Thanks so much, and thanks for having me on. All right. Not a problem. You take care. Bye-bye. All right, that was uh, Becca Huffer from the Epson Tour uh, joining us this, uh, joining me this week, rather. Um, and, uh, you know, always uh, I think it's very important what she said. I think you have to 
you know, really just get out there and have fun. You've just got to focus on different areas of your game um, from time to time that maybe are giving you some difficulty. And if you've got a, a, a strong area like she does with her short game, particularly her wedge play, um, that gives her a lot of confidence going out there, knowing that she can get in close, and then it's just a matter of sinking those putts. So, all right, we're going to take a very short message uh, break right here, and then I'm going to come back and go over your spring swing checklist. Be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. And we're going to go through um, the spring swing checklist that I put together and actually was featured uh, a few issues ago in Golf Tips Magazine. So if you haven't uh, subscribed, uh, there's a great way to do that. You can go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe. Uh, you can either get a number of different options. You can either just get a print version uh, or you can get a digital version only, or you can get both. You can get print and digital, which is always kind of nice because you can have the uh, print version. You can keep those at home uh, handy with uh, in your magazine rack, and you can have access to the magazine anywhere you go uh, through the digital version. So it's a nice option, and it also makes a great gift. And uh, so check it out, golftipsmag.com. All right, we want to start the 2022 season off well, and for those of us like me that are in the southeastern part of the United States. Uh, we have the luxury of playing all year round, so uh, we don't really have uh, a, a non-season per se, uh, but we still have a, a, a checklist, and we try to uh, do that at the early part of the year. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, so I put together uh, some things that I think are important uh, to get yourself ready. So for those of you that are still maybe shoveling out a little bit up in the northeast or northwest of the area um, of the country, uh, these are some things that you might want to start doing if you haven't done them. Um, to get ready for the 2022 season. Uh, number one is um, I strongly encourage people to get into some sort of a golf fitness program. Many of us are uh, not as active over the winter months, particularly, as I said, up in the north, east, and west. Uh, so you'd be well advised to get together with uh, your local golf fitness professional, uh, which is different. Now, some golf professionals are trained in both, uh, but if they're not, you can certainly reach out to them. Uh, if you've got a swing coach or a teaching pro that's not, uh, more often than not, they know somebody who is uh, uh, TPI or Titleist Performance Institute certified. Uh, they can do a fitness assessment, find out where you're at, and help you uh, get ready uh, with some sort of fitness program. And again, it's not. Uh, there's nothing wrong with going to the gym, but golf is is a, a game where it's not about raw power. You're not you know playing on the football team, and you know flexibility and core strength are vital and you're not going to always get that in just lifting up the dumbbells. So uh, contact your local uh, pro at, uh, at the course that maybe you play at and if he or she is not uh, um, certified as a fitness, uh, a golf fitness professional, uh, maybe they can point you in the direction. They, a lot of times they'll partner up with somebody who is uh, and they can get you uh, to uh, get in some good golf fitness workouts that will help uh, strengthen your game for the season. Uh, the next one, number two, is 
uh, maybe new shoes. Um, and if you don't want to splurge on the new shoes, uh, another thing to do, especially with some of the older uh, golf shoes or certain uh, brands of golf shoes where the spikes uh, actually are detachable. Some of the newer golf shoes, they're actually molded right into the, to the sole, so it's not a problem. But uh, what you want to do is you want to check the bottom of your golf shoes and make sure all the spikes are there. If you've got some holes here and there, uh, maybe some of them have fallen out over uh, last year's rounds, and uh, that's going to help with your stability. So you might need to update and put some new spikes in if the shoes are still in pretty good shape. Um, and if uh, you've got some that are built in where it's more of like a rubber base, they've got the little nubs on the bottom, uh, sometimes those will wear down if you're walking, especially if you're walking on a lot of cart paths or concrete across the parking lot over several seasons, they can get worn down and you're not going to have the same stability. So um, new shoes might be uh, in your wheelhouse this year, or at the very least, if you've got uh, spikes that come off, uh, then you want to make sure that you go out uh, and go to your local golf shop and they can uh, set you up with some new spikes for your shoes. In fact, most of them will even put them on for you. Um, there's a special tool, that, a tool that's normally needed. Um, so you want to get those. Make sure that your shoes are in good shape uh, to start the season because those uh, set the groundwork for your golf swing. If you're not well plant, planted on the ground, if your shoes are kind of a little wobbly because you're missing some spikes, that, that's going to help in your golf swing as well. Uh, old gloves, uh, same thing applies here. Get rid of those old gloves. Uh, keeping a glove with holes or worn areas is not going to give you the best chance uh, and make, uh, can make a big difference in how you hold the club. If you, particularly for, for uh, your amateur golfer out there, if you're noting, uh, noticing, in, for those of you that are right-handed, you're wearing a glove on your left, and for those of you that are left-handed golfers, you're wearing your glove on your right. Uh, if the heel pad of your glove is really worn out or you've got holes, that's a good indication of two things. Either you're holding the club very, very tightly, um, or in some cases you might even be holding it a little bit loose and it's rubbing up against. Uh, so in other words, your grip is not good if you're wearing out heavy um, or you've worn them so long that they're just wearing out, uh, you know, the fingers are starting to fall off. So, you know, make sure you update your gloves. Um, and if you've got a lot of worn areas, I know some people hate to throw out those favorite pair of shoes and they want to keep them around for years. But when it comes to playing golf, uh, if you're playing with really old gloves that have got a lot of holes in them and that, uh, that's not serving you well. Uh, same thing with your grips. The next one, uh, slick grips. If your grips have lost their tackiness and it becomes slick, uh, it's a good bet. You'll need to change them before you head out uh, for the first time. Poor grips will definitely also influence the way you swing the club. Uh, it's gonna, the club uh, is going to turn uh, in your hands because you're not able to. There's no tackiness left in it. Uh, if they're fairly new grips, sometimes you can just um, give them a light rub with a, with a cloth and maybe even some soapy water as you're cleaning them and uh, just dry them off really good, and sometimes that will help. And if not, it's probably a good bet that you need to get them changed. And if you're playing a lot of golf, if you're only playing a couple times a year, it's not a, a big of a deal. Maybe change them up next year. Uh, but if you're playing every week, uh, you definitely want to change them out at least once every season. If you're playing several times a week, if you're fortunate, maybe you're retired, you're out there playing two, three times a week, you might want to even change them about mid-season and change them at the beginning of the season as well, so, uh, so for next year. So you definitely want to make sure at the beginning of the season that your grips are not slick uh, and get out there and, and uh, uh, get those changed if they need it. Um, new apparel, uh, hey, the old saying, if you look good, you feel good. So when you feel good, you'll be a better pl uh, golf, uh, be able to play better golf. So check out some of the latest golf fashion in your pro shop or even online. There's a lot of great, and they don't have to be the name brand uh, golf attire that you see advertised a lot of time, whether it be on the Golf Channel or other uh, 
magazines. I mean, obviously a polo shirt uh, could be just a generic polo shirt. Um, but uh, get out there and, and get yourself some new apparel. Get some new shirt, uh, uh, shirts, maybe some shorts uh, and some long pants if you're in cooler climates that you need to have that. Um, because if you if you look good, if you feel good in the, in the attire that you're wearing, again, if you're wearing some old raggedy old clothes all the time uh, out of the golf course, um, that's, believe it or not, is going to creep into how you play. Golf balls, another one. Uh, they're great new golf balls uh, that hit the market every season. Uh, you may be surprised how much your game can improve when you choose the proper golf ball. So you make sure you, you uh, and again, you talk with your, your golf professional. If you've got a pretty uh, quick swing speed, you might need a higher compression golf ball. That's something you can have that conversation with your golf pro. Uh, maybe you need something with a softer uh, core or maybe a softer uh, outer lining on the golf ball. If you want uh, to spin the ball a little bit more, maybe you need a harder um, uh, core, if you will, and, and or harder uh, out, out uh, uh, casing of the, the golf ball. Again, that's a conversation you want to have with your, your local pro to find out what ball is best because there are a lot of them on the market. Don't just grab for what you think the pros are playing. Uh, I, I'm not going to name specific brands, but a lot of people get out and they play the tour balls and they're maybe only swinging 85 miles an hour. Uh, they're not taking advantage of the compression of that particular golf ball, if it's especially a higher compression and uh, they're not getting the best that they can out of that golf ball. They might need a lower compression golf ball. Or conversely, if they're playing a golf ball that has too low of a compression and they've got a higher swing speed, maybe they need to jump up to a higher compression golf ball to get the maximum uh, benefits from that. And finally, um, and probably most important when you get out there, uh, is golf lessons. Uh, there's more than one effective way to swing the club. Uh, no two swings are the same. Uh, they might look that way sometimes on television when you watch the pros play, but really everybody is different. So you want to start the season out right, uh, uh, get on the right track with a, with a lesson from one of your uh, local pros, or you might want to just, as I said, uh, subscribe to Golf Tips Magazine. We've got a top 25 instructors. Uh, we can certainly help uh, you learn the right swing for you. Uh, we can uh, have some great tips in there as well to help you throughout the season. So go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. And uh, I think if you follow those uh, items that I've mentioned in the spring swing checklist, that's going to get you off to a good start. And most importantly, as I said, those golf lessons. Get out there and, and uh, connect if you haven't already. Connect with your lo local golf pro, and uh, you'll be able to uh, get things uh, off to a good start. All right. I appreciate you joining me. Cindy will be back next week. Don't forget to join us. Uh, here on the Women of Golf Show. You go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, and we are here every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And, of course, uh, in the closing credits, you'll hear some other great uh, platforms that you can tune in as well to hear the show. But thank you for joining me. Thank you again to our uh, special guest this morning, Becca Huffer, and Cindy will be back next week to join me here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody, and have a great week. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. 
This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.